Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hey everybody, this is Kevin and I want to welcome all of you to another episode of the Launch University Podcast. We want to help you build your ideas, but more importantly, sustain those ideas as you go out and try to make a difference in the world. Well, today we are with the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Craig Cody. And here's a big thing about Craig that you're going to find out really quickly, and that is he not only launched a business, but he did it after having a successful career in law enforcement in New York City. And I think there's so much we can learn from him. First of all, about tax planning, because he's a CPA as an entrepreneur, and how we can figure out ways to keep more of the money that we earn, but also just discover as launchers what it means to discover another career at some point in your life and decide, hey, it's time for a new season, time to transition and, and figure out how to do that well also. So, Craig, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure. So like I kind of mentioned a moment ago, and I don't want to steal all your thunder, but today we're talking about taxes and tax planning. And I'm going to rephrase it the way you do, because you said really well that I help people keep more of the money that they make as a business owner. And that's when my ears perked up when I got the opportunity (laughs) to talk to you. I said, this guy can help me right now also. So but before we jump into that, you have you are a launcher. You created this business. And before you became a certified public accountant, you were a police officer with the New York City Police Department for 16 years. And I just think it would be a cool for all of us to just hear more of your personal story and what led you into law enforcement. Oh, sure, sure. Well, um, what led my, my dad was a police officer for 33 years. Wow. So it was always in the back, you know, it was always there out in front. And where I grew up, you kind of, you went into some type of civil service. You worked for the city or the state. That's kind of what you did. And I was an economics major and I was three years into it. And, you know, I guess probably our first year, we all took the test because that's what you did. You took the civil service test. And uh, after my third year, I got called and um, I said, wow, let's do this. And um, I was going to be a chief. I was going to, you know, do all these wonderful things. And, you know, civil service being what it is, you have to wait for tests to come around. And, you know, they waited 10 years for a test. And by that time, I had three kids and it was, you know, getting time to kind of think, okay, what's going to happen? Am I going to stay here forever? Am I going to do something different? And I kind of fell in love with taxes. And I actually thought I was going to be a financial planner. Hmm. And I went back to school and I was lucky to be able to go back to school while I was working and um, got my degree. And when it was time to you know, move on, I was able to move on. Well, I have two faults to that and we'll get to the first one. You know, when it when it comes to law enforcement, first of all, and thank you for your service. I think anyone who's listening appreciates you. Thank um, you. And and your father. But I also know that nothing nothing about law enforcement sounds easy. I had an uncle who was a police officer in New York City as well. Uh, and a part of me is like, wow, I know that's not easy. But you had a pretty clear-eyed view of what it meant to be a police officer with a father serving over 30 years. What about your dad's experience resonated with you personally in a way that made you say, this is right for me as well? My father loved what he did. Wow. He loved what he did. And and coincidentally, my son, who just turned 28, uh, he's actually a sergeant in New York City police. So he's third generation. Hmm. He he loves it. So I, I I guess they must he must have known that I loved what I did. I had a great time. I had a great run and I worked with great people and was a lot of, allowed to do a lot of good things. And um, you know, it's just like anything else that you do. If you really like it, you know, it shows. 
Hmm. Was now for for you personally? Was it just the like just the the community, the connection, the altruism of it all? Just curious. No, it's kind of funny, you know. Um, I guess growing up and seeing it, um, it, it it didn't start out as I was going in to serve. I was kind of like I was looking at it. It seemed like it would be a, a fun thing. I was kind of thinking, oh, geez, if I do this now, remember, I'm I'm a dopey kid in college, all right. And I'm thinking, if I can make fifty thousand dollars a year by the time I retire, I'll be set for life. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I went in and um, I obviously enjoyed it. I loved talking to people and, you know, you actually get to make a difference. You know, you actually do have an opportunity every day to make a difference. And and that's what I did. And I, I enjoyed it. That's awesome. And so you one of the other things you, you mentioned and you said, and we'll get to that in about, about the season and, and kind of knowing when it was your time. But I think that, I mean, that's kind of where I want to go now. You retired as lieutenant. It's September 2000. Now, obviously, the timing of that, I just kept thinking, whoa, wow, a year later, we're talking about 9-11. So I just kept thinking about that over and yep, over again. Yep, personally. Yes, I, I, was, I was like, I told my wife, I said, I'm talking to a gentleman who literally retired a year to the month before it happened. I was like, I can only imagine what that feels like. Well, uh, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people dying every week from hmm. 9-11 disease. You know, so, um, and I, you could say I was very lucky that I retired a year because I wasn't, spending time down there like everybody else. And I wasn't breathing and all that stuff. Um, hmm. But yeah, so that's, yeah, you look back, wow, I got out a, a year before that actually happened. I'm, I am very lucky. Wow. And, and so, but you mentioned, you said, hey, I was looking at, you know, this ascension and, and the reality of becoming a, a police chief and waiting for tests to come around and opportunities. But you said, I started asking myself, like, maybe what's next? And I'm just curious to hear, like, what inside you went off that said, you know, maybe it's time. You know, I love what I do. I'm doing it well. My dad did it for 30 years, 16 years. I'm, I'm thinking about what's next. What made you even just have that feeling? Well, number one is a 20-year retirement. Typically, you mm. retire. You can retire. You know, and typically, if you have a bunch of kids, or I had three kids, you're not retiring. You know, you, you have to do something else. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, I had met a guy, and I was he was he was using TurboTax at the time, and I kind of liked. I, I'm like, hey, I like this. I always liked numbers. I was an economics major when I first time around. So I decided, let me go back to school and get my accounting degree. And I was actually going to go into financial planning. And I just really liked the taxes and, and saving people money and figuring out how to do that. And that, that's, that was the route. So it just kind of happened. Well, first of all, I think the first lesson that for me as a leader, and I think any launcher listening, is you can hear in Craig's voice, he said, I like it. I like the challenge. I love the pursuit of trying to find the opportunities to make savings for people and myself. And I think as, as long as we can sometimes convince ourselves that no one loves, no one can do the job like we can do it. And I think for me as an entrepreneur, I'm like, man, there's a guy out there like Craig who actually loves this. And I despise this. I better get this in, in Craig's hands as fast as I can. And I think it's, just, it's a lesson or a reminder for all of us about the power of delegation, really. And right. partners yes. who know what they're doing because there's someone out there who actually sincerely enjoys something that for you might feel like a, you know, a drain on your energy. So one of the questions I had really was before we kind of transition into this money talk. And that was for those who are considering another option or a season or a transition, just what advice would you have to them? Like, Hey, I'm, you know what, Craig, I'm getting the same feeling. How do I handle this and do it well? Oh, two, two things. I think uh, number one is somebody once said to me, you know, in five years, you're still going to be five years older, whether you do this or not. So you might as well do it. Wow. And that was number one. And number two, I think 
if you're going from one career to another, you, when you get into that other career, you kind of have to check your ego at the door. So I, when I was, when I first, I was still in the police department and I was working for a firm part time. And so by night I was in charge of 60 people out there hmm. and by day, I was making copies on the copy machine. Wow. And so <laughs> I, you know, I had all this responsibility and all this stuff I was responsible for at night. But then I was the low, I'd walk in in the morning and I was the low man. I'm talking the lowest of the low and doing all that kind of grunt work. And you just have to say, you know what, you know, check your ego at the door, you know, learn it, soak it up and know what the ulterior motive is down the road that, yeah, you know what, I'm going to have my own business one day. Wow. That's so, man, that is incredible. I, I, I think my wife once told me when I was building my stuff on the side, she was like, Hey, I was, I was having all this tension with uh, my leader, just, just emotionally, not necessarily expressed at work. And she said, Hey, can you remind yourself that, you know, at, at, at night you're running this business you have all these freelancers working for you. You're the boss and you got to go back, go to work the next day and you're not in charge. And right. um, I never thought about just, just embracing that as a part of the transition. You know, I, I had, I kind of convinced myself that that was, my unique circumstance. And that's so well said. Well, you know, one of the things I'm, I think we're all excited about now, we, we have a guy on the phone with us, a guy on the podcast who's pumped about saving us money about taxes. <laughs> and I'm sure every entrepreneur is out there trying to build something, even with Launch University, we, you know, we're trying to build something and money is an issue. And we want to make sure we're thinking about how we keep it. I'm just going to be very transparent because I think if I can put myself out there for the community, maybe you'll understand why I value this time with Craig so much. I went out there and I started selling and I started building this business and I went full time, you know, nine months ago now and, and things were going great. Things are going great. But the reality is I quickly learned just through my side hustle, building up enough to go full time with last year's taxes that I had a lot to learn. And when they came back around and said, Kevin, you owe us this number. I said, I owe you what? (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's not what I kept. And then <laughs> maybe we have some conversations about how this really works. Um, and I think for me, I personally felt the pain associated with it. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're so focused on keeping the lights on, growing this business, leading a team of people, serving clients. Well, we really forget this is a business and our, our ability to understand the realities that are involved with what it takes to keep the money we earn really can make or break the business and, our, and make or break our lifestyle that we aspire to have as a result of our success. So just, just like you're saying, you know, if the business is making money and you're paying all this tax and you're able to keep some of that tax, that means more money available to number one, invest in the business or more money available to put into the bank. You know, yeah. And by having the ability to invest in the business, that allows you to typically take the business to a next level faster. Yeah. So, so, so that's my question, really. And that is, why is this an issue for entrepreneurs and business owners? I mean, I, you know, I think in my mind, I think everyone's like, not like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who doesn't want who doesn't want to do this? But why is this such an issue? Because nobody takes the time to plan. You know, they're running their business. They're in their business. Okay. Nobody, who wants to think about taxes? Hmm. You know, so nobody does the planning that's required to keep more of what you make. You know, you're going on vacation, you're researching that stuff. It may be airfare you're researching, where you're going. You know, you're going to buy a, a vehicle. You're going to research the vehicle. You're going to buy, you know, uh, kitchen appliances. You're going to research that stuff. What research do people do? You know, they put their stuff in a bag or a box and they bring it to their accountant and it's March or February or April. And, you know, that's it. It's like 
they're putting hopefully the right numbers in the right boxes, but they're not, there's no planning. And if, if you take some time and you plan, I mean, think of Warren Buffett, you know, Bill Gates, Donald Trump, they all have teams of attorneys that do it for them. Why mm-hmm. can't we all have somebody working for us? So, so that's what, that leads me to my next question. That is, so, so what is the mistake people make regarding taxes? So obviously we know lack of planning is a part of that, but when they're actually doing it on their own or, or with even with a little help, like what is the biggest mistake that people typically make in the process? Well, I wrote a book about that. Okay. And I'm actually going to offer it to your listeners for free. Oh, awesome. Okay. And it's the 10 most expensive tax mistakes that cost business owners thousands. Well, okay. okay. Well, we'll, 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 well, how about that? We'll save some for the book then. And we'll just, we'll just dig into a few of them. So the biggest is failing to plan. People don't, they take no time. You know, they're, they're focused on running and operating and burying their head and not wanting to think about what can I do a little bit differently, all right, that'll allow me to save money. And if they save money, they could either put it in their pocket or they could put it back into the business. So that's the first thing. Then, you know, think about when you start your business, okay, are you going to create an entity? Who, how does anybody determine how, what type of, are they going to be an LLC? Are they going to be a sole proprietor, a corporation? You know, typically either a friend said, oh, you should be this, or they call their attorney and attorney says, well, you should do this. Yeah. No thought of the tax ramifications of what that entity is going to be. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that, Greg, because I'll be honest, when I, when I made my decision, it was really about legal protection, not about tax implications. And I got baptized really quickly in the reality <laughs> that, and, that, and, that protection costs money. And what if you had that protection and you were able to, you know, as I say, have your cake and eat it and also get the best tax entity structure? So let me ask you that question. So, so let's give everybody a little taste of the book that they can get for free. And I, by the way, I really do appreciate your generosity with that. That's cool. What are what is one of the mistakes that are expensive you cover in the book that we can just kind of get a taste of like an expensive mistake? Failing to plan. That's okay. the biggest one. All right. Okay. So, yeah, walk me through another one. Then we have wrong business entity. Mm-hmm. All right. How about, here's, here's another one. How about the qualified business income deduction, which is, what is that, right? Yeah. That's under the new tax law. Section 199 is basically going to give you an extra 20% deduction off of your net income. Wow. I didn't so know that existed. If you if your net income is 100, then you're going to get a, an extra 20,000 deduction, okay? And if nobody knows what this is all about, and if you do qualify, if your income is too high, what do you need to do to make sure you get the biggest bang for your dollar? So there's, there's planning that goes along with that. So the government is saying, you know, this is something we're going to give you a 20% deduction, but you got to meet A, B, C, and D, all right? So we had a client that we did some planning with, and he, he saved $74,000. Now, he was making a lot of money, okay? But he saved $74,000 just because we did some planning with that. But if we didn't do the planning, he would have paid an extra $74,000 in taxes. Here's my question as well. Even business entities, what type of savings can the right entity get you? Well, depending, and it really depends on your personal situation, because me and you could be in the same business. Sure. An LLC might be best for you. Sure. A corporation might be best for me. So it really depends on what's going on. Is it a side hustle? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it not a side hustle? So that's why you really have to figure it out what what your situation is versus what you're doing. Do you cover some of that in the in the book? 
Correct. Yeah. That's awesome. We, we cover that. We cover that in the book. And then um, let's let's talk about another one that's always overlooked. And you'll like this one, the home office. We've heard of the home office deduction. And a lot of people say, oh, my accountant says I can't take the home office deduction. And you use a little space in your house. And it probably doesn't generate a big deduction in itself. But when you have a home office, now your travel from one office to another is deductible. Hmm. All right. And it also opens up something we call the home athletic facility. Hmm. So the home athletic facility could be your home gym. It could be your home pool. All right. This is, this is now, wouldn't that be wonderful that you could write off your home gym and your home pool? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, so, so man, and I'm trying to make you give all your secrets away, but I, I am curious when it comes to planning, what kinds of questions, and I, I know I didn't prep you with this at all. What kind of questions should we be asking ourselves before we talk to somebody like you? Because I think there's a part of it too, right? Because I, I don't, because I don't know everybody. Everybody in the community may not be generating enough revenue where they feel like they need need this help. And you might say, "Hey, Kevin, I don't care if you're making ten bucks. You should call somebody like me." We'll get to that in a second. But I'm curious just to hear, like, what is the thought processes that should be taking place in our minds, even you know, before we start to you know talk to someone like you? So the the process is is my business costing me tax money? Hmm. Is it, is it, am I making enough money that I'm paying taxes? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then the next question is, when was the last time my tax guy came to me and said, I have an idea here for you to save taxes? Hmm. All right. So if, if it's that glassy eyed look, I typically get, then it's say, okay, let me find somebody else who's willing to be proactive and can help me. Now I don't have to be making a ton of money, but I, I still want to, if I could save $5,000, right? Rather, I keep it and I do something with that money than I give it to Uncle Sam. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense to me. So so I would say this. So the first, I'm just recapping, which I'm understanding. For anyone who's listening who is going to have to pay taxes from their business, side hustle, no side hustle, full-time, not, doesn't matter. Now you already, you're officially in a spot where you know you need to get some help, right? You've, you've crossed the threshold. Would you agree Correct. with that? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, so, so then the next thing I, I, I would ask is, I think some of us might say, well, like I said, it's still a small amount or, uh, you know, or I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I think some people might be saying, I don't know if I am, how do I even evaluate, you know, the right kind of help that I would need? How do I find the right person for me? And I know that obviously you have a, want to pitch yourself and who would want to say, hey, clearly Craig's my guy, but I'm just curious just to ask, you know, what kind of questions we, we ask themselves when they're evaluating the right well, kind of I, person. I think, I, I think, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So I think it's important that we go to that professional that we're working with and ask them that question. What can I be doing differently to save some taxes? So everybody, um, most people uh, are going to somebody, especially if they own a business, to help them prepare the tax returns. Mm-hmm. So that guy or girl, ask them, hey, what can I be doing differently to save money? And if they don't know what you should be doing. Go online and find somebody that's proactive. Okay. It doesn't have to be me. There are other people out there like me. And there may be people that deal with startups. There may be people that only deal with big companies, but find somebody that's going to give you that advice because you know what? We all deserve that advice. If we could keep more of what we're making, why not? You know, $2,000 to somebody can be a lot of money, whereas it might be a lot, a little bit of money for somebody else. But that $2,000 is $2,000 more. You get to, to do whatever it is that you want to do with that money. And you should, you deserve and should keep that money. Out of curiosity, is, is that, 
in in this particular space. Listen, I'm digging all this because I just know that the the people who listen to this podcast they're out trying to change the world and the, and they're trying out trying to make money. But again, this is a this is an afterthought, which is why I wanted to cover it. I know we're entering tax season, but this is I mean that's why I was like, hey, I have to talk to Craig. I know this is, may not be the the your favorite podcast in the world, but I know this is the one you need to listen to. I'm being honest. I think I think because once again, taxes are just one of those things. We're like, ah, taxes. But that's that's all the more reason why this podcast is important. Is it really is it really critical that we have someone that specializes in our industry? Specializing in your industry, no. Okay. okay. And there's a couple of industry that I would say, yes, you need somebody that is familiar with that industry. And that's sure. probably the restaurant industry because of tips. Hmm. But other than that, uh, there's really nothing that I could think of that is, it's still a business, mm-hmm. you know, you're running it like a business. Now, obviously that person should be knowledgeable. All right. But they don't have to be like, if, if you're a dentist, you don't have to have a CPA that only deals with dentists. You know, if you're a contractor, you don't have to have a CPA that only deals with contractors. All right. As long as that person is not just putting the right numbers in the right boxes, they should be able to help you. So, Craig, I have three more questions that just popped in my mind listening to you. And we're going to, and I'll, then I'll let you let everybody know how they can get this book. So, first one is this I feel like I would love for everyone to, to virtually be your client for the, you know, so hey, hey, Craig, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I may not be worth your time. Let's assume, let's assume they're all not worth your time. They're all worth your time, but let's assume they're not. What do I do on my own to just even make sure I have good habits that make working with a professional easier? Because I think that was one of my biggest challenges, even with a bookkeeper. I was like, man, I have so many bad habits. You know, just run it because I was sole proprietor for years, just kind of on the side. Then I became an LLC and I had all these bad habits. What are some things that we can be doing or just getting better at by ourselves that once we find a professional helping us makes that process a bit easier? So basically, you should be making sure that on a monthly basis, you're entering your information into whether it's QuickBooks, Excel or something. So you're tracking everything. Because what happens when people don't track it? They forget. Hmm. All right. And then that's lost deductions. Hmm. Whereas if you do it on a regular basis, you won't forget. So, and that's a huge mistake, right? Especially among people that are just starting out because they're spending all this money. A lot of times it's their personal money. And by the time February rolls around, they forgot all the money of their own that they spent on this business. Mm-hmm. And those are lost deductions. All right. So and first I'm, step, we're tracking, we're tracking. So we're tracking, we're tracking. tracking. Okay. And, uh, and, and so is it, and you, I thought you were going to set up a second one. So I apologize for interrupting you there. Was there a second one you were going to advise for habits? Well, after, after you're tracking, I think you, whoever it is that you're working with, whether, you know, whomever, communicate with that person. Ask them questions. Ask hmm. them questions. Hmm. Okay. So first of all, track and then ask questions. And I'm okay. With, I mean, I think it's incredible because I'll be honest, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't do that very well. Right. right, I, I right. Think- well, because you have to understand we're probably not the best communicators. You know, we have our pocket protectors, all right? And you know, <laughs> we're probably not the best. Uh, no, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, those are the two, two main things. And, you know, um, just communicate with whoever you're working with and ask them questions. And hopefully they'll ask you questions. Yeah. And if they're not asking you questions back, then you know what? Go online and find somebody else. No, that's really helpful. And so my second question for this really boils down to kind of, I would say like that, that immediate action plan for someone. So this, we kind of, you kind of gave us a virtual client, hey, just start tracking something, make sure you're doing a good job of that. I think there's a reality of saying, okay, well, 
how do I know the right person's right for me, right? I think you earlier said, hey, fine, if they're not doing this for you, they're not being provided, they're not right for you. But I'm sure you've had times where the person might ask questions, but there's not a right fit for for your business. And I would just love to be curious, hey, like, how do, how do you recommend people, entrepreneurs, find the right person? I mean, because I'm sure that they're intimidated by taxes anyway, right? So this, that's, right. I think, part of the process, right? We're just intimidated by it and scared of it. But there's going to be an evaluation period, and I know people don't want to probably spend all their time courting. So if there's, if there's even three questions, you say, hey, when you talk to a CPA, ask these three or two or questions just to kind of feel if they're a good fit for you. Right. So I would say, you know, what do you consider tax planning? Hmm. So if they tell you tax planning is I'm going to tell you in December how much of a payment you need to make by January 15th, right? That's not tax planning. Hmm. If they say, well, you should be doing this, this, and this, and this is going to save you X amount of dollars, that's tax planning. Beautiful. They should be able to communicate with you. Okay. They should be able to communicate with you in a reasonable amount of time. All right. Um, and they should be able to, you know, like really more, they have to communicate. They have to be able to talk to you and, you know, speak, you know, their language and your language. They got to, you know, they got to get together. All right. Because they can't be all technical because, you know, you're running the business. You know that. I don't know what you're doing, you know. No, that makes a ton of sense. And, and so so I so I, I think it's really important. First of all, like, so I just want to make sure I say it again. I'm speaking from a person who's who's made mistakes. I mean, I, I mean, I think the first two years of my business, even as a side hustle, uh, my wife, my wife's eyebrows went up. But she's like, what are you doing? I thought you were making money on the side. This is costing a lot of money. And so I just want to make sure we first of all, we all stop and say, hey. That we we will not accomplish our goals as long as we're afraid of taxes, and I think that we that, so there's a so the reality of saying yeah you know we, we don't know you know I've heard the, the phrase well, if you if you fail to plan you plan to fail, and I think that that I'm guilty of failing in even on small ways because I didn't have the courage to face it. I thought I'll, I'll out earn my problems, right? And I think that what Craig helps us understand is that that doesn't exist. So Craig, tell us how we can get access to this book. Sure. Okay. So the book is available on my website. It's com forward slash launch. Oh, that's and nice. just uh, fill in your email and your address and everything. And we will mail you out a paper copy of the book. Oh, awesome. Okay. So it's physical. That's beautiful. Physical. Physical. Come it's the on. real deal. All it's right, the so, real so deal. Craig, Cody, and company. Dot com forward slash launch. Awesome. Well, first of all, I will be the first person to get that book. So you'll see an email today. Um, and, and the reality, you mean, like I said, I just can't emphasize enough. Yes, we're entering tax season, which is why I wanted to bring him on. But I really do believe that for entrepreneurs, this is a blind spot that can be avoided. Most definitely. There's no excuse for not planning. Take the time, speak with somebody, save some of that money, and just think what you could do with it. You know, you could put it back into your business. You could put it into your retirement plan. You could take the family on vacation. You buy a bunch of shoes, whatever it is that you want to do with that money. But it's yours. And, you know, why not? If the law says you can, why not? And that's great. That's well said, Craig. I said, sincerely, everybody, thank you so much, Craig, for hanging out with us. Again, if you go to Craig, Cody, and company forward slash launch, you can get that book. Well, I think this was called The 10 Most Expensive Mistakes. The 10 biggest, uh, the 10 most expensive tax mistakes that cost business owners thousands. Okay, well, that's convicting. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And thank you all for listening to the Launch University podcast. As you know, we really want to see what you're doing 
take flight. We believe that that's a big part of why we're here. So whether you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, this is the kind of things we want to make sure we're bringing access to you because we believe that this is how we sustain our ideas. The ideas are not sustained if we are bringing money in, but every dollar we bring in is going out. And so that's a big part of this. You can subscribe to this podcast by just going to iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher Radio as Launch University, and that's Launch Y-O-U University. Also, we have show notes. So if you're like, hey, what was that link again? I was driving. I was working out. I was in the carpool line. I was in the, you know, hey, don't worry. Go to launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast. You're going to find this episode there. We have summaries of the of the key ideas and points that uh, Mr. Craig shared with us today. And I would love for you to get access to those. So you're keeping it safe while you're commuting. And then the other part is this. We'd love for you to leave us a rating and review. Our job is to bring this stuff to you. And guess what? The best launchers, the best leaders, they automate how they grow. And that means make sure you can turn your brain off and just turn your phone on every morning. And this podcast is delivered to you so you have access to it. And that's what we want to do to help you. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Launch University podcast. Thank you again, Mr. Cody, for hanging out with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Yes, my pleasure. And you go get a copy of that book. And we'll see you next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.